The sweet sound of sports you love from Sling. The collide of football pads. The squeak of shoes on a basketball court. The crack of the bat on a home run. The slice of skates cutting across the ice. But what about this one? That's the sound of all the sports you love. All at once. Starting at $40 a month. Experience it all live with Sling. Sling. This is Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Um, so guys, uh, fun story. I um, <clears throat> flew back from Colorado. I, I finally bit the bullet and am one of those idiots that has AirPods. Um, I chose to get AirPods because Kelly got AirPods and I realized... Did you, had, did you get the AirPods Pro or the AirPods? No, like... The, the the new ones, but not like the headphone ones, like the little yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, the pro, the new ones, the pro. And I always was like, man, people that wear those look so stupid, and blah blah. blah. And then she started playing with them, and like I realized how like they're amazingly advanced yeah. and impressive yeah. they actually are. So I was like, fine. And because they're lower profile, I feel like they're less annoying, um, and you look less like the guys that that have the no, because they're bright white, so you ear. can't. You can't hide it. That's the problem. No, I'm with no, you. you. This guy can. No. This guy can. Well, yeah, true. Know, it's yeah. been like a year since you've seen my ears. Well, clearly, clearly, <laughs> we know you don't care about your appearances. Just That's true. the way you are. <laughs> but like, That's no. True. So these are the stem is probably half the length. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So they are more inconspicuous. Anyways, first weekend of using them. Well, I lost them. So I, I pulled up the little tracking thing on them and it said Indianapolis Airport. I was like, oh, cool. Like, of course, that makes sense. So I uh, rush ordered another set from Best Buy and they came. I was like, fine, it's an expensive lesson. I knew I was going to lose them. I knew I was going to lose the new ones. And sure enough, um, the technology in them is really good, but like the location apparently goes to when they're in a washing machine and it just spits out a random location. Like, they were in my house the whole time. They just, it said that they were in Terminal B at Indy Airport. So, like, well, that's probably the last time they connected to something. But see, so what is the point of then? Yeah. Like no, the location. So I, didn't, I didn't realize that was a thing. Funny. I thought it was like every other Apple device. It was like a live up. Yeah. 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 No. Well, I guess because there's no like, there's no cell card in it or anything, right? So it's, yeah, it's well, got to just go logic, off the last Logically, thing that did. makes sense, but yeah. still. No, in the moment, yes, I agree with you. That would have been very frustrating. <laughs> now, so you have having, two, two sets of AirPods. I was going to say, having, put, AirPods. having so now, put mine through the washer, I know that you now have two working sets because yeah. they will still work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Correct, correct. Yeah. So now I'm, done that. now I'm double the asshole. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's starting from where you already were, which was... I mean, pretty high up there on the asshole scale. So you're already scale. like five <laughs> so, times the asshole of the so morning of the average person. increasing yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's so funny, man, because I had the exact same experience where I saw everybody getting them and I was like, this day, just everybody looks ridiculous, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, my dad got them for Christmas one year and I was, he was trying, I was helping him connect them to his phone and I was playing around with him like, damn, these are actually like kind of cool. And the, <laughs> technology behind these is pretty impre- damn it 
And then of course went home and just ordered my own pair. <laughs> I got I got a pair when I guess I guess I had enough points on my credit card to get one of the new pros. And I, I think I texted Becky right away because I know she she from Vegas, I remember she does the noise canceling thing. And the noise canceling on the AirPods Pro is amazing. So I texted yeah. her like right away. Thanks. <laughs> I know that, she got them. That then cost me two new pairs of, 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 <laughs> of AirPods because she got them. Like, I'm not getting a new pair. My pair are fine. And then I tried hers. I'm like, these are so much better. <laughs> they are, what? aren't they? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's incredible. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. So now we have four sets in our house, two perfectly working old sets, and now two perfectly working new sets. So what I'm hearing amazingly, is I'm going to get a lot of hand-me-down AirPods. Yes. <laughs> amazingly, amazingly, Becky has not yet spilt a pair of AirPods, and we still have all of them intact. I mean, Tim, I can give you a hand-me-down popcorn machine. I just oh, bought you that popcorn no, machine. Oh, that hurts. Oh, you mean the first popcorn the machine first I bought popcorn you. machine. So I bought Second him a popcorn machine. It didn't work that well, so I had to buy him another popcorn machine. But here's What the happened thing. to the first popcorn machine? It just, it just didn't work that well. It just wasn't very mm. good. So he he in a panic, drunkenly ordered, I think, what is quite possibly the most expensive popcorn machine on Amazon. And I, I know that he kind of regretted it because the next morning he was like, I ordered you a popcorn machine yesterday. I was like, you sure did. And so it, it took like an hour to assemble. Like it's, it's six feet tall. Like it, it's actually quite. Oh, it's like on, like on the cart and the whole yeah, bit kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very. I want to be clear here. I didn't buy you a popcorn machine. I bought me a popcorn machine that I'm keeping at your house. Fair. I'm going to get the, the lion's share of the use out of this. That is probably true. <laughs> well, that's because that's because we're all still eating through all the popcorn we bought off Hazel's popcorn sale oh, like man, six I months still, ago. I, I still have some of that. I just threw it all out, guys. <laughs> I was like, I made it like a quarter of a dent into all of them except the peanut butter one, which I guess Tim and I ate. Um, and yeah, no, I just, I sorry. Well, I, guys, her first uh, her first Girl Scouts meeting was last week, so oh, get ready boy. for those sales. I mean, how is that possible? I've, I've I've already like been approached by several Girl Scouts about well, because no, like her first ever meeting was last year. Oh, they started and, a new and troop keep in mind, for the neighborhood. James, California is really not a part of America. That's true. We are we're <laughs> our own thing. It's just war in Canada. We just pay more in taxes than most states and get less benefits. Right. Cool. So it's, cool. It's, <laughs> Oh, yeah, I guess in Canada we pay more taxes but get more benefits. So, yeah, Canada is still better than California. Yeah, and I can say that considering that's, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're like. Um, so I think, uh, James, there was some stuff you wanted to talk about. So this is uh, probably. This is probably, yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, as fans of the show might have seen through the social mediums of the world. Uh, last week, I lost my dad, um, Papa Hinch, or The Stash, as he was affectionately known throughout the uh, various paddocks over the years. Um, and, you know, I, I more than anything, I just wanted to say thank you to, you know, everybody that, uh, that reached out. You know, it was obviously a very difficult time for the family. Um, he'd been sick for a while, you know, and, uh, there's, there's every cliche under the stars that, you know, I could say right now about, uh, about losing a parent, 
but I will I will spare you all that. Um, short of even though you know it's coming, it it doesn't make it any easier. Not that you'd think it would. Um, but genuinely, the the incredible outpouring of support from everybody on, you know, everything was was awesome. And uh, everybody that shared stories uh, of running into him at the paddock that was, I think, one of the coolest things for me was seeing messages on, you know, Instagram or Twitter or whatever from people that I didn't necessarily even really know, just, oh yeah, hey, I ran into your dad one time at Milwaukee in 2012, you know, and, and just hearing all these little stories of people that he bumped into that he met for, you know, 10 minutes or less, you know, and, and remembered him and said that he was super nice and took time to talk to everybody and Stories like that were were very cool to hear. I mean, we know how awesome he was to us and to his friends, but it was cool hearing how many strangers essentially got the opportunity to even just you know share share some time with them for a few minutes and uh, and the effect that uh, that that had on them and and them remembering him like that. So, um, from myself and and my family, just thank you all for uh, for all the support. It's been it's been very helpful. It's been very cool. Um, and he liked both you guys. Well, I mean, he knew you, Tim. <laughs> so, so I, I mean, I want to kind of segue that. I want to share a story, um, please, about Jeremy, um, and then I want to hear kind of your favorite one that was, I guess, submitted or shared with you uh, that surprised you. So, James, you know the story well, but I, I didn't really know your family um, outside of yourself uh, when I first came to IndyCar. And you, being the ever gracious Canadian host uh, and person that you are, allowed me to kind of stay in your home um, with Connor, which is um, you're a saint. You're you're a very good person for doing that. <laughs> and what what furthers your trust, uh, whether it's uh, misinformed or not, in the both of us, was you allowed your parents to stay. Uh, well, not you allowed. You allowed us to stay in your home while your parents were there. And, right. and you and Becky were away. And so I got to know uh, Jeremy and Arlene very well and, and um, developed a, a kind of a, a rapport with them that, that I really treasured. And so I was in the process of, of going to buy a house for the first time. I had never really done real estate for myself before. I'd always either done it as a, as a transactional thing with my dad. And, and quite frankly, he took care of most of it. So this was one of the, the or this was the, the first one where I was kind of making the decisions all by myself. So I was sitting in your um, kitchen, at your kitchen breakfast table one morning and was having coffee with your mom. And, and she was like, what are you doing? I was like, oh, I'm, I'm looking for houses. And little did I know that she loves houses. Uh, she's she's a big were, fan of shopping yeah, for houses. Yeah. Yep, yep. You were in the middle still of your remodel. So your dad quickly kind of left the room because he didn't want to be involved <laughs> in any other conversations having to do with houses. Um, so Arlene and I got on Zillow and, and started uh, hunting around. And like the very first one I clicked on, she was like, you have to go see this today. And I was like, oh, okay why? And she was like, it's great. And I said, okay. So I, I just submitted a request to see it from the website and got a response back. And they were like, oh, we could do tomorrow. And she was like, we're coming with you. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> me, Jeremy and Arlene drive downtown um, to uh, this, this town home that I was looking at and met the realtor and, and they were like, oh, and, and, and the real estate lady was like, oh, Alex, so nice to meet you. And what are your parents' names? 
I was like, Jeremy and Arlene. <laughs> and there was just no, like, I, I wasn't even going to bother explaining the right. fact that I had met these people a week right. ago, really. And um, so I went through the whole house and um, they were pointing out the goods and the bads. And, um, you know, we kind of left there and, and they were like, yeah, you need to, you need to buy that house. That's perfect for you. And I said, well, I really want like a pool. And they're like, no, you don't. It's like, I really want a house. No, you don't. Um, I really want all this and this. And he said, no, you don't. You're never going to be there. You're going to be traveling a lot. HOAs are the way to go. You don't want to have to deal with all the maintenance and all that stuff. Well, so fast forward a couple of weeks, a couple of months, end up putting an offer on the house, buy the house. And that was the first house I ever bought and stayed in it for, for a couple of years. And, and Jeremy and Arlene were, were the ones that kind of helped me, guided me through that process of kind of submitting the first offer and everything. I thought that was really special to to meet people that, you know, had such a, an interest in helping someone that was, you know, not related to them. And, and really it didn't matter to them one way or another, whether my first real estate transaction was successful or not, but they took the time and the effort to kind of walk me through it. So that was very special and something that I'll remember, um, about your dad forever. And, you know, I, I loved, uh, getting to spend that time with them. So, uh, you're a very, very lucky guy to be able to call him your dad. So that's, that's no I doubt, man, no doubt. And it's, you know, it's funny cause he, one of the things that I've, I've seen a lot of over, you know, just time and racing is um, you see some of these parents and, you know, it's, yeah, fine. More often than not, it's dads, right? Um, and they are very, like, hesitant to get too close to other drivers and, like, especially teammates. Like, when you're in the junior categories, right, and you're coming up and your teammate, like, it's, you know, it's it's the, everybody knows, teammate's the guy you got to beat, right? Sure. It's the little um, league dad mentality for sure. Like, right, kids right. Better than yours and, yeah, yeah. right, right. Yeah, we, we call them hockey dads back in Canada and it's, you know, wherever you're from, it's whatever it is. And, um, and my dad was just never like that. You know, even when, even when I knew that like there were things that a certain guy would do that kind of like pissed him off or pissed me off or whatever, like he never let it show. Like it didn't matter. Right. Like it wasn't important enough that he was not going to be very welcoming to that person when he saw him at the track the next time. And, every teammate I've ever had has said, has, has kind of made that comment. Like, yeah, your dad's so nice. And even when we were, you know, banging wheels and trying to kick each other's ass for a championship or whatever, like he was always so nice and always so open. And, you know, here you rock up to IndyCar fresh out of formula one. And he's like, yeah, come on, let's go buy a house together. You know, it's, it just, <laughs> yeah. it just you know, it just, that was, old cliche. Just, yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> he, yeah, he was, he was awesome like that. Um, and, you know, you, you asked about kind of the most surprising, you know, story that uh, that we've heard. Or I guess your favorite one. Well, it's, you know, my my favorite one is actually, it's it's one that I knew, but it just, it just sums them up so perfectly. My dad was, he was like the best racing dad in a lot of ways because he, growing up karting, right? And you would have seen this a ton, Alex. And, and even it goes way past karting, but you see a lot of drivers where you get the sense that they're living their dad's dream and they didn't really care what they could have done. It. They could have done many things to make sure. them happy. And yeah. this wasn't necessarily top of the list. And it was always really sad. Right. And, and my dad was never like that. He was a big racing guy, loved motorsports, grew up in England, you know, so he obviously had that bug and he's the reason I got into it, but he was never the reason that I stayed in it. And, um, when I reached a certain point, he sort of stepped back and was like, okay, look, I acknowledge that I don't know enough to be helpful anymore. 
right? Like, I don't know how to work on this car. And you now have more experience racing than I ever did driving vintage race cars up in Ontario, right? So he's like, I'm going to leave you to do it and, and leave the professionals to do their jobs. And you're now a professional and you do your job. So like from a certain age, whatever it was, 16 years old, I never saw my dad with a stopwatch. You know, he never, he never was like that ultra competitive. I knew he wanted me to win. I knew he was always supporting, but he was never like that. He never got down on me if I did something wrong. And he never was like, you know, he just wasn't in your face about it. And so he loved coming to the track, but he loved kind of keeping his distance and just letting the team do their things. And so I was, I was racing an A1GP. So this was still pretty early in my career. This would have been like, oh, six, you know, fall of oh, six. And, um, and he, we were racing at Zandvoort in Holland and I go through the day and, and he kind of like is, you know, he's, he's there, but I don't really see him too, too much. And, uh, and we, we meet up at the end of the day and he's, and I was like, so what did, what did you do today? And he's like, well, it's the craziest thing. I went to the, I went to the Heineken tent to go grab a beer Ran in, there was a guy there that was wearing a, a Canadian, like an A1 GP Team Canada jersey. So I walked up to him, I was like, oh, you must be Canadian. And he was like, no, I'm I'm Dutch, but my wife's brother's third cousin's nephew went to Canada once. And I just always kind of liked the idea of Canada. So I bought a Canada jersey instead of a Dutch jersey. And so we stayed there and ended up talking to this guy for like the rest of the day, probably down a couple Heineken's. And he was, but he was like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh, so that's cool. You kind of made a friend. He goes, yeah, he's coming to Toronto for the race this year. I'm like, what? <laughs> and and to this day, Erie is like a friend of our families, and he tries to come, you know, once a year to to Canada or at least make it to one IndyCar race. And it's just this random dude that was wearing a Canadian jersey at a racetrack, and so he just walked up and started a conversation, and it kind of started this lifelong friendship you know like they they were made friends the rest of the rest of his life you know it's just it was just such a it was such a dad move it was well, so but, funny yeah but like also i mean i don't even think you're that social no <laughs> i no I, I would have like noticed the jersey and been like nice jersey and then probably yeah, walked away cool, cool bye yeah <laughs> I, I do remember when when my parents met jeremy when my mom and stepdad he came over and and we all had dinner and, and hung out I just remember Larry after you guys left just goes, so that's where James gets it. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even get all of it, you know, like, he, like yeah, you, said, you just got just like a, a fraction of it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but no, uh, so yeah, he will be sorely missed, you know, by, by everybody that, that got the chance to know him and, um, it'll be, it'll be weird not having him at the racetrack, but, uh, very glad for, for all the times that we did get together at the track and, my one of my favorite moments is sitting up on my wall is him and I hugging uh, in victory lane for my first win in St. Pete back in 13. I know that was a cool moment for uh, for both of us. And that's, you know, I'm sitting here in my office when we record this and it's things like that. I can just look at any time and, you know, and just remember him the way that, that you want to. So uh, God bless dad. I love you. Well, cheers to all the, all the, all the dads out there. Um, it's it's no, especially for, the ones of us that are involved in racing, I mean, it's, I mean, I, 
I speak from experience. Obviously, I've talked about it before, but I don't think any of us would really be able to be in this position without the the sacrifice and dedicate dedication dedication um, that that our fathers uh, kind of gave. You to had us. to end it with a dad joke. I didn't. I didn't mean to. I'm not even a dad. I don't even know where that came from, but I'm pretty proud of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, just shout out to all That's the fathers out there, and, and for those of you that um, are fortunate enough to steal your fathers around. Give them a hug, have a drink with them. As James said, cherish them uh, as, as close as you can. So we love you all and appreciate you. Now, we are in a time of year where racing is now happening regularly again. And who stayed up till seven o'clock in the morning to watch the Daytona 500? I did, but, but, <laughs> but I want to talk, talk about one other dad, if we can, really quick. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. of course. Tom Brady. You know, oh yeah, he's a dad. Um, I'm glad you brought that up. He's a dad. He's a he's a successful guy. Uh, he's a husband. Um, wow. He, it's wow. I don't care. And still somehow married up. It is so unbelievable. <laughs> like I know people hate Tom Brady, and I am just so at the point of it where it's like it's you need to stop. I don't care what you think he did in the past. I don't care about your despise for the Patriots organization. You're witnessing something in athletic history that will never be done again. Enjoy it. And that's, I, I, did, see, I got over my Tom Brady hatred. Well, see, I always acknowledged that I wasn't anti-Tom Brady. I was anti-Patriots. I live in Indianapolis. You kind of have to be. Like when I showed up here, when I moved here, I didn't know much about football, about American football. Apparently that was kind of a rivalry. Right? There's a lot. There's a lot of people that hate Tom Brady because they like Peyton Manning so much. It really has nothing to do with. Right. Tom Brady. So I, I, I had not. I, I didn't know enough at the time. I just was like, oh, boo, Patriots. And then like I watched what Tom Brady did, and I'm like, okay, look, I'll, I'll, I'll say that I don't like Bill Belichick, but like I really respect what Tom. I don't like the Patriots. I really respect what Tom Brady does when he made the move to Tampa. Right. I will openly say that I'm like, I would love him to take them all the way because that would be such a cool story. And I love, as you said, Alf, I love watching sports history be made. Like as an, as an athlete, as a sportsman, I think watching that stuff is incredible. And the, the, the show we did right before the Super Bowl, we, we had Ricky Taylor on. So obviously we were talking to him and talking about the 24. We didn't get a chance to kind of preview the Super Bowl. I had this whole list of things that I had written out about Tom Brady and how awesome he was. Like I found this <laughs> article about statistics of his that were just absolutely mind blowing. And the fact that first team in history to take Super Bowl to their hometown and then for him to win it, he's won what? Seven of 10 now? Like yeah. it's, I, that's the most insane and like, let's not even talk about all the rec- like all the passing this and touch. He was the most successful postseason quarterback in Bucks history before the Super Bowl even happened. <laughs> in three games, he became the most successful quarterback in postseason franchise history. It's ridiculous. Tom Brady is third on the all-time team list of appearances in a Super Bowl. Correct. That so I, I was making the joke with someone. I'm like, I bet like young kids that are aspiring to be in the NFL. They're like, who do you want to play for when you grow up? And they just say Tom Brady. Because he's like his own team. He's more successful than most of the teams well, in the league. At this rate, young kids will get to maybe catch passes from him. Yeah, I was going to say, true. there was a moment in the broadcast where the announcers were like, now kids watching at home, Tom Brady's older than your dad. 
and Hazel and I were watching it, and she was like, "He's not really." I was like, "He's like 13 years older than me, Hazel." Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like he's double the age of some dads. Like what's he's- phenomenal is like it's not like you know I have a lot of respect for Peyton. Peyton's last Super Bowl with the Broncos, great story. Awesome Peyton story. played like garbage. Peyton was Peyton was done. He was done. Tom, you know, he has his lulls. I think Tom's always had his lulls. He's always had his games where he threw a couple picks and and all of that. Unlike like that's a little that kind of knocks him down a step from your Patrick Mahomes, your Aaron Rodgers, your well, up until this year, your Drew Breeses, right? He always had those games. You're like, what is he struggling or whatever? But like legitimately, his deep ball has been garbage up until 2021. And now all of a sudden at 44 years old, 43 years old, 43, he's throwing yeah. a deep ball better than he ever has in his career. And he's made his entire career on, you know, playing playing the the kind of um, uh, the zone coverages and and the 10, 15 yard pickups and, and such. Now he's able to like accurately throw a ball 20, 30 yards. And like that's and, phenomenal. And I think that's because everybody talked about how he couldn't do that. And I don't know if you know anything about Tom Brady. He loves mm. proving people wrong. So here's a new strategy for Tom Brady haters out there. Show him some love. Tell him how great he is. Tom's retire. game's perfect. He could do nothing better. Tell him he can't retire. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like the moment in Happy Gilmore. They, uh-oh, Happy learned how to putt. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, his, he wasn't even, wasn't he, like, the last guy drafted the year he was drafted? And he just was, he just had this chip on his shoulder his entire career. And, like, that made him. Like, his work ethic and the fact that, like, people doubted him is what made him. And every time someone doubts him, he comes back stronger. I'm just going to say it right here, right now. I just want to get this out there. Tom Brady can't, even if he wanted to, he would not be able to give me a million (laughs) dollars. No, he won't because his wife won't let him. You're right. Um, No, but but what's what's interesting is, like, people are like, oh, he's this great athlete, but he's a boring person. Super Bowl party in Tampa shows up and he shows up there on his boat, hammered, throwing in the Lombardi trophy to Gronk. Like, that's awesome. Like, oh, and then so, tweeted out yeah, avocado he, tequila with oh, weird caps. That yeah. was fantastic. That was fantastic. And so that now, so I guess funny. now Tom parties too. And he's probably better he's just at partying better with age. What, what, what don't you like about Man. So I, I'll was admit, I was about- a full-on Tom Brady hater, and it was purely because I thought I thought Peyton Manning was the best. I thought Peyton was un- didn't get the credit he was due, especially given the the absolute garbage O line that Peyton had uh, in Indianapolis. Uh, yeah, the the conversations. Tom Tom Brady's the best, but, the, but it's it's BS that it took until now. Like, can we talk about how many Super Bowls Tom Brady won with zero weapons? For sure. I mean, Pey- Peyton. <laughs> Peyton's got two Super Bowls. So does Eli. They're like giving those things out. I mean, like, <laughs> up to two. They obviously it's like the first two are free if Eli's got two. Let's well, and Eli beat Brady for it. <laughs> I mean, Eli's that's actually twice, a good which point, is, which is unbelievable. And that, and that would be the games. biggest knock on Tom Brady. Can you believe that Eli has more than like Aaron Rodgers? Yes. That just doesn't seem right. It. It doesn't, but like when you look at yeah, when you look at yeah, yeah. It's just how how it all works. I just want to I want to go I want to go back to when you were with the the Tom partying thing. So like there was obviously that video of him coming off the boat, literally needing to be like held driven, up. like yeah, like held up by his shoulders and, and like 
controlled Fantastic. to get to it. It was incredible. So I, I so and he retweeted it with you say your avocado tequila thing, whatever. I I clicked on the comments just out of idle curiosity. Cause I'm like, the guy's clearly now the best. You can't argue it. Just won his seventh. He's he's out having a bit of fun, which he's not normally seen doing. People must just be loving on him so hard. And I clicked on it, and still the Twitterverse was like crapping on him so hard. One of them was what? like the internet's Euro- bad? Dude, I know. I just I ever I'm Canadian. I try to like I believe that there's good still out there somewhere. And 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 the one of the comments was like, You're a role model. How dare you be drunk in public and consume alcohol, blah blah blah. I'm like no, yeah, no, he's a role model. Work super hard, win everything, and then party all you f-ing want. Like, <laughs> that's the best role model a kid could have. Like, ah, man, it just, I was so, I got so fired up reading the comments on Twitter. Man, it's the worst. Well, James, you, you mentioned um, really, you know, working hard, winning, and, and then being able to party. Um, can we talk about the people specifically like your Brad Kozlowski's and Joey Logano's of the world who worked really hard, did a good job, didn't win, but still probably partied (laughs) (laughs) or at least pretended to party. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That would, that was probably going to be an awkward conversation in the shop the next day. I don't know. They would have probably wanted to show up looking pretty good on that one. Well, why do you think awkward? Like you think, you think that was Brad or Joey's fault? Um, no, not necessarily, but it's just like you had two cars for the same team running up front and they both ended up at the wall in the last lap. Like that's, that doesn't look good. Right. But like, I mean, it's amazing to me. You got to go for it. Well, but he didn't, he wasn't even really going for it. He was just in line and got drilled by the guy that ended up winning the race. That's also true. It's so so funny, like reading, reading all the stuff afterwards and how like, you know, they're all trying to plan their run, right? So Brad's backing off to get the bigger run and Joey's seeing him back off. So he's trying to back off into him. You know, it's like you have all these guys that in theory, like you think in the moment they're all just driving flat out as hard as they can, but they're actually trying to like strategically go slow at the right time to like time it. And then, yeah, there's no way everyone's going to be on the same page. And that's why those wrecks are like inevitable on the last lap of that race. I thought it was a um, very boring race. I'm going to be honest with you. I thought, but at least it yeah. was late. Yeah. I at least it was it five was, and a half hours too long. It was very weird how only the high line seemed to be quick. Um, yeah. That, that, was, that was new. And then um, aside from all the, the negativity that kind of happened at the start with the crash, then the rain delay, and then obviously the crash at the end, I think the highlight of the whole event was Austin's injury. Like, that was very impressive for his first cup race. Led it at one point, was in the top kind of six for most of the day um, around Daytona, which, I mean, I don't know how challenging it is. I, it looks very difficult in terms of, of being able to race it and, and stay in front and kind of keep your nose clean. So I think he did a hell of a job considering. He did a great job. And he kind of, I don't know, I mean, art maybe even had a little bit of an advantage because he got to do it the night before in the Xfinity car, which he won. So, you know, he, you know, he, he had a bunch of laps and was, you know, got to kind of try some stuff. Maybe, I don't know, obviously some stuff worked in the Xfinity race, but yeah, he showed up with a good car and, you know, drove a smart race. And yeah, it was, it was awesome to see that. But also 
I mean, I know opinions might be split on this. Maybe, I don't know, but awesome for Mike McDowell. I mean, I actually, I met that guy back in 04 or whatever when he was running the, the Star Mazda Championship at the time, Indy Pro 2000 as it's known now, and he won that championship. And uh, yeah, I mean, just such a nice guy. He made the switch over to stock cars when open wheel didn't work out. And he's always kind of been in, you know, not the most front running teams. And he's just like the nicest dude in the world. And you could see it was a super popular victory in the paddock, which is always kind of fun to see. First one of his career in like 350 something starts, I think I read and happens to be the Daytona 500. Not a, not, not a bad way to do it. Now, if you got to win one. Yeah, if you got to win your first one, you might as well make it a big deal, right, Alex? <laughs> I mean, yeah, you want to win 500-mile races for sure. Like, well, we, we only have the one, so. Yeah, but he didn't have to win it on fuel strategy. No, he just had to win it by taking out the first two. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> I don't know which is better or worse, but. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to be honest. I didn't watch either. <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, no, no. You didn't watch Daytona. You had blacked out by the end of Indy. There, so it's, you didn't is. see either, but there's a difference. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so, I tried so hard to stay awake for that race. And like I woke up and I didn't. What, the 2016 like, I, Indy 500? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, out there, James? sadly. Yeah, a little bored. Um, but. Like I, I had, like we had gone to bed and I had my iPad in bed, I had my earphones in so Becky could sleep and I was watching and I must have passed out at some point and I woke up just after the checkered flag. So like I caught what happened at the end. I saw the window or whatever that went to bed. And then I woke up to 99 text messages from our bourbon group chat in which you are a member, Alex, of like you guys talking during the last few bits of the race. So like I caught up on everything I'd fallen asleep through by going through your text messages. It was actually very <laughs> helpful. You're welcome. So yeah. then, speaking of NASCAR, we don't have a ton of time left to talk about it, but I, I saw yesterday that there's a new show on Netflix out called The Crew. Uh, yes. It's, it's a Kevin, uh, Kevin James Kevin sitcom. James about a nascar pit crew and it got me thinking because nascar what they're on on fox or are they still on nbc is it something where they're kind of both both in there but they're yeah, not they at all on netflix so it was just inter- interesting to me to see an ancillary series where they're clearly sponsored by nascar working with nascar there's a ton of nascar imagery throughout the wall has the big nascar logo and it got me thinking about the drive to survive and like all the F1 stuff that you're seeing on, on Netflix. And now that IndyCar is moving over to uh, Peacock, it just got me kind of thinking about all these additional entertainment properties, I guess, that, that work off of the IP of a sport and, and how that kind of affects the, the sports world. I don't know if you guys had anything you wanted to I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it affects it positively, right? I mean, you look at what happened with Drive to Survive, and now obviously that's, that's a reality-based show, so you're looking at the actual people. But I still got to think that something like The Crew is going to draw more people to NASCAR racing. I mean, I imagine some people saw their first NASCAR race after watching Talladega Nights. I don't know. Maybe. Um, I don't think anybody started watching They made watching a sports series based Driven. on that movie? <laughs> Um, but no, I mean, I've, I've, man, I always thought, 
anything reality is kind of hard to do. And I actually give Drive to Survive a lot of credit for getting the access that they got and getting certain personalities in the, in the F1 paddock to like actually say what they think, which is kind of cool. Um, I feel like that'd be really hard on IndyCar for some reason. But I always thought that like a scripted drama about IndyCar that was mainly about what happens off track would actually be like a really good TV show. Yeah. Well, that, that seems to be, I mean, it's not quite a, a drama, obviously, uh, but that seems to be the thinking, at least on this crew show. Yeah. So I'll be curious. I, I, yeah. haven't, I haven't watched it yet because it just came out yesterday, but I'm, I'm definitely going to check it out. Um, and I wonder, I mean, obviously you're talking about different audience sizes, but I wonder if there is something to that with, with IndyCar. Or if, if I know you always hear that there's something in development or, or people are having those conversations behind the scenes, but it'd be interesting to see with the new push for everything being on, on Peacock and streaming and all that, if there is going to be more of a push for that. I mean, it'd be awesome. I think uh, first thing they should do is make this show a televised broadcasted show on Peacock. And there you uh, go. <laughs> you know, I think a cool seven-figure salary for Alex and I and Tim, you can be there, uh, would be a great place to start. <laughs> and uh, so similar to our serious deal, yeah, similar to <laughs> exactly. our current deal, yeah. Yes, <laughs> I actually have to pay to be here. <laughs> I mean, I feel like we all kind of do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I don't think we're net up at the end of the day at this no, point. No. But at least we don't have a big audience. <laughs> and our no, audience and no way to market it. Our audience may have grown uh, slightly, though, because uh, we were the title sponsor of a, a broadcasted iRace last Thursday night. Uh, it was the off track with Hinch and Rossi 180 or something. I love uh, that you're telling us this now. We were <laughs> like you told me it was coming. You didn't say you didn't give the date or anything. <laughs> yeah, I had we, some. We could have mentioned st- it. Could have tweeted about it. Yeah, okay. Well, you had some stuff going on. I had some stuff going on. <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, so that happened, and maybe we can do it again one day. Don't worry, it didn't cost us anything. I traded something for it. And the guy was like, "The guy was like, you can put whatever you want on this race as a thank you." And I chose off well, track with Hinch and Rossi. I I haven't. I don't know yet. Okay. Yeah, we should. Somebody probably tweet us if that. you won. Let us know. Even if you didn't, oh, we'll, win, we'll look just it up. Pretend you did. Yeah, we'll we'll look it up. I I'll I'll talk to the guy. I'm pretty sure there's a there's a there's a link to the broadcast somewhere. I'll I'll, I'll figure. Well, out I can tell you one thing for sure. Um, even if I participated, I wouldn't have won. Same <laughs> Well, um, on that note, guys, uh, let's reconvene next week. Um, if there are any other, you know, events that we're hosting, James, it'd be good for us to know. Uh, I'll, let you know. <laughs> I'll keep you guys posted. We, we could promote them. Um, also, for those of you that are in the indie area, enjoy. Um, the beautiful snow surrounding you. It's, it's polar very, vortex for the it's wind. Very, it's very Canadian of James to have brought all that back down from from Canada. So that's that's very nice of you. And uh, Tim, you're um, welcome. Yeah, have fun in California.
Thanks so much for listening to Off Track with Hinch and Rossi. Keep in contact with us on Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at AskOffTrack. Or you can follow us individually. We're at Hinchtown and at Alexander Rossi. If you want to follow Tim, though we have no idea why you would, he's at the Tim Durham. We really need to get that changed to at producer Tim. The music you heard today is by Ryan Dan of Holland Patton Public Library. Off Track with Hinch and Rossi is produced by Tim Durham. And by that I mean Tim. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.